The Power of Sound, a Monocle 24 collaboration with Kev. My name is Emil Mosseri and I'm a, a songwriter and composer. I remember classical music was always playing in my house. My dad would always listen to classical music in the mornings. So I'd always wake up to that sound, which was always a comforting sound. There's certain things that in your childhood, like certain sounds that if I hear now, bring me back. Music is like that and sound is like that. The way that food is or smell, you know, there's certain, they say certain things are the, the fastest connection to your early memories, you know? For me, the sound of like, I remember like in my 20s being on the road, crashing at somebody's house while we're on tour and hearing people while I'm trying to sleep hearing people still partying in another room like that sound reminds me of hearing my parents partying with their friends trying to sleep there's something very like comforting about that you know these sorts of sounds are the ones that sort of stick with me Both films, Kajillionaire and Minari, are both incredibly romantic films in their own way. And uh, writing music for both of those films in the same time, they're very different stories, they're very different tones, but emotionally the music's all coming from the same place because it's Kajillionaire is a love story in its own sort of beautifully offbeat kind of uh, reimagined way that came from the depths of Brandon July, the filmmaker's brain and soul, you know, and I feel like I was trying to write music that was romantic enough to honor that. I mean, she's this completely singular, brilliant artist that I was, it was a dream to just be able to work with her and to have my music find a home in her film. With Isaac's film, uh, Lee Isaac Chung, who made uh, Minari, you know, I had written the music around the same time, and his film is romantic in its own way. It's a, it's sort of a love letter to his childhood and to himself as a, as a kid, but through the eyes of an adult now, you know. So the music was also romantic and sort of dreamlike in that it had to sort of serve the purpose of making the audience experience the film as as a childhood memory as you know, the music was was biased it wasn't it wasn't like a neutral element that was saying this is how this exactly happened in the 80s with this family like it was music positioned the story it helped position the story as a, this is this is his romanticizing his childhood and his emotional reaction to his childhood and and this necessarily didn't exactly happen this way but this is how he felt it
me and Ari, I met Isaac, I'd read his script, and I started writing the music before they started shooting the film. The process is different each time. That was the first time for me working that way, where like the brief was just the script. You know, there was no footage to go off of. So I'd read his script, I'd fallen in love with his script, and I was moved by it, and then I wrote a bunch of music in the spirit of that to honor it. And then I sent him the music, and then he used the music to help shape the film. And then when I saw the early versions of the film, I was even further inspired, and then I wrote more music. So it was kind of like passing this creative energy back and forth between filmmaker and composer. I was able to visit the set. They invited my wife and I down to, to Tulsa where they were shooting. Just being there in August in Tulsa, Oklahoma, where the film was shot, it's like 100 degrees. You hear that we're on a farm. You hear the, the cicadas. You hear that, that, that sound sonically is another one like we talked about classical music or, or, or um, people talking and laughing while you're trying to sleep. The sound of cicadas in the summer, that, that sound is uh, a very powerful, visceral, transporting sound, you know. So being there, feeling the heat of the air, feeling and hearing that, I think, was helpful to absorb that and then continue to write music. For Minari, we recorded... Uh, 40 string players in Macedonia. Yeah, and it was indescribable to hear your music played back to you that you've you've written and you've lived with these demos of string samples playing this and then you hear the, the real orchestra playing it for you. It's, it's an incredibly rewarding, uh, replenishing experience for your soul. It's always magical when you hear other musicians breathing life into your work. You know, it's the best, it's the best. All three films that I've scored were mixed by the same person up at Skywalker Sound. He's got, his name is Kent Sparling, and he's, he's brilliant. He's a composer himself, and, and he's also he mixes these films or dubs these films. So having worked with him on with all these three directors, with, with Joe, Miranda, and Isaac in a row, we developed a relationship. Sometimes his, his sound design and his sound effects will find their way into my cues or I'll send him music as he's working like we pass it back and forth like for Kajillionaire for instance that film takes place a lot of it the family lives in a bubble factory and uh, he made this sort of rhythmic musical kind of sound design loop of this sort of watery bubbly washing sounds that he sent to me and then I that became the tempo for my cue So the, the, the music and the sound design bleed into each other in this way that's seamless, that I'm really grateful that I have this relationship with him, that, that we've been able to work on projects together and integrate those two things, because it is all doing the same thing emotionally. It's the sonic tapestry of the film, whether it's you're listening to flutes or, or cicadas, you're experiencing it as one thing washing over you sonically.
writing melodic romantic music I enjoy the most because there's something very satisfying about it and this the scores that I I love the most are very melodic and romantic like uh, Edward Scissorhands you know for instance is maybe the most romantic score I could think of and it was my, the first one that got me that made me aware that writing music for film was even a job that somebody they hired somebody to write I was you know because you just see a film it all comes washes over you as one thing you know but yeah I think writing that kind of music being a songwriter and also just growing up listening to love songs and Beatles songs and whatever whatever it was like finding a way to to write that type of music or and have it find a, a place in a in a film and work to picture is really satisfying. There's certain scores that have both of those sides. There's the romance, and then there's the this this other thing and. A big one for me is uh, John Bryan's score for Punch Drunk Love, that it's this sort of like very textural. On one side, there's this very textural, sort of anxiety-inducing um, percussive music. And then, and then the other half is this completely unapologetically romantic, like over-the-top, beautifully romantic music of the love theme, you know? So to have those two worlds kind of bleed into each other, in a way inspired Kajillionaire, the you know, the washing machine thing and then the love music like it's and they're both these kinds of LA strange LA love stories, you know. They're very, very different films, but I think that you see like that's another example of it. It wasn't like I, we weren't talking about that film when I was scoring Kajillionaire, but having seen that film and loving it and absorbing it, it finds its way like anything you listen to or hear or watch will find its way into your work, I think, you know, ideally. For me to write something romantic, it's referencing something classic, something that's old, and because it's old, there's a, there's a romance and the, the nostalgia, or it sounds like an old Hollywood film or something like that, but then, but then to go deeper, like, what made that romantic then? What makes a minor chord sound sad versus a major chord sounding happy? Is that because they inherently are those things, or is that because we've been conditioned to seeing, hearing a sad chord when we see something sad happen on screen? Like, what came first? And it's a tricky thing. I think it's inherent. I think it's inherently an emotional reaction that you have when you hear something that you, there's no real way to explain. It's intangible when you hear something and it makes you feel a certain way. But I don't know the answer. I don't know the answer to that. You know, I, I think you gravitate towards things that that make you feel a certain way when you're writing, and then later on you figure out why that works. But I don't know going in what sounds romantic or how to get that. It just comes kind of from a from a feeling or exploration. I'd like to think that there's a thread between these songs and my scores and from film to film. You hope that you see yourself in all of it. I think that 
this medium of film scores in particular is, is uh, it lends itself to like each project calls for different things sonically so it widens the thing stylistically but my hope is that if I honor my musical instincts and choose projects where people like my musical instincts then I can always go back to that and resort to that and that will be my sound that will define my sound and it's it's that thing of like well they hired me because they like what I do so if this is my instinct I should follow that that is the thing that will hopefully ground me and make and, and keep a thread from thing to thing to thing.